I love Chick-fil-A. I'm unabashedly, it's so damn good. And I don't I don't care what they think about marriage, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm for anybody forming a voluntary contract, but if they're not and want to say it, okay, fine. I'm still going to eat your chicken. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Howdy there, folks. You have found yourself once again here at the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 114, and you can find the show notes for the show at lionsofliberty.com slash 114. Today's show is sponsored by Health Excellence Select. If you are sick and tired of dealing with your Obamacare insurance, you need to look into Health Excellence Select and the amazing concept of health sharing. For more information, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash health. We are also sponsored today by LibertyManiacs.com, your one-stop shop for political and satirical apparel and merchandise. As a listener of this program, you can receive a 10% discount on your entire order by using discount code LIONSOFLIBERTY at checkout. So head on over to LibertyManiacs.com and express your inner Liberty Maniac. All right, guys, my guest today is the host of the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, a killer libertarian show that you guys need to be checking out if you're not already. He is Johnny Rocket Adams. Welcome to the Lines of Liberty podcast, Johnny. Hey, thank you, Mark. I appreciate being on here, man. This is awesome. Great opportunity. Fantastic, man. And I've really been loving your show a lot. We've talked a few times, and it's great to have you on. And we'll talk about your show a little bit more in just a minute. But first, why don't you just tell everybody out there the uh, the sort of the tale of Johnny Adams. Tell us how you got here and more specifically how you got into all this crazy liberty business. Well, I guess it would start from, you know, listening to John Stossel and Penn Gillette and show bullshit, which really kind of sparked my libertarian interest, especially the teachings of Ron Paul. A lot of this stuff was kind of foreign to me. And, you know, coming from the military, it kind of made sense. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of took that idea of the free markets, let everyone have the liberty that they want to do. There's no, you know, positive rights. There's only negative rights in a lot of ways. And we should, you know, always be striving for more freedom in our society. I'm becoming, you know, a little more anarchist, but I'm still a minarchist. And it's really important that we spread the message of liberty to the individual, the common working person. And this is why I do the show, because you know, we were sitting around my apartment one day and we're like, hey, it would be really cool to do a podcast. And at first it was like how many times we could swear, you know, <laughs> and it was like, let's offend everyone. But at the same time, it became more of a thing where it was a great medium and platform to spread the message of liberty to the individual who may not have been exposed to it. So I think it's a great, great way to educate people through, you know, economics and things along those lines. And, you know, I guess the reason I got involved in it, man, was I find it in my heart, it's really important that we discuss these things because most people, if you watch the news and you listen to the radio, these things, these conversations that, you know, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what a lot of other libertarians are doing, isn't being heard. It falls on dead ears. And so I think that the liberty movement is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by doing what we're doing, we're, we're spreading that message of free markets, liberty, freedom, and all those things. And that's exactly what you guys are doing over on your show at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. So why don't you get a little more into, uh, you know, you mentioned you guys were just sitting around one day and just kind of up and decided to do a podcast. But, you know, what really inspired you to specifically do the show and the way you're doing? Because you guys have a really fun show out there. I mean, this is like not boring at all. You guys really put an effort into making an, an extremely entertaining program. So what kind of influences do you have when crafting your ideas about how you want to do this show, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad? 
I guess the big thing is, you know, the show is puts entertainment first. It puts entertainment over the message. And I know that sounds, you know, like a sin in the liberty world, but people are educated through entertainment. That's my philosophy on it. And it's more towards the normal people who don't necessarily have the time. That, you know, they're worried about their job or they're worried about how they're going to pay their bills. You know, I want to reach those people where they can listen to the show, have fun. Here's some crazy ass ideas that we come up with. And, you know, we bring them into the political and economic realm through humor and through a lighthearted approach versus just, you know, blasting them with a bunch of boring information. What we try to do is take the ivory tower and translate it to the average individual. And I think that's the most important thing that we do. It's entertainment first, message second. And I think it's really cool. And then the reason I think that we have the ability to do that is the fact that I've been an entertainer my whole life, man. I mean, I've been in music and my mom's been an entertainer and all this stuff. So we try to take that message and my experience as an entertainer and translate that into liberty. And I think that is my that is my gig. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And like I said, I, I've been listening to your show the last few weeks. I, I've discovered it. How long have you guys been doing the show then? Just like uh, around a year or so? Yeah, about a year and a half. So we're actually hitting our little over a year now. And it's been fun. It's been fun. We're getting good ratings on all of our networks. And they seem to really enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, a year and a half. And it's been kind of like seven years in the making in my mind. You know what I mean? Right, totally. Because I've always wanted to sit on the radio. I've always loved radio. First things first, I've always loved radio. There's something nostalgic about it. And it kind of reminds me of a, a record cover. I don't know if you like Steely Dan or Donald Fagan. Hell yeah. But there was an album in 1982 called The, the Nightfly. Uh, and it was a picture of this guy who was on the radio. And it was cool because he was sitting there smoking and playing records. And I always thought that would just be a really cool thing is to get into radio. I always thought radio has some sort of calming effect to me. And, you know, I've always... I've always dug radio. I always thought it was a cool medium where you could be doing other things and have it in the background and listen to it with the hopes that possibly your message could come through. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing, too, because you guys, you and yourself and Heather and Kurt, the three of you on that show have such great chemistry. You sound like pros. I mean, when I first listened to the show, I thought, oh, these guys have been doing this for years. It's great. And, and then I just realized, oh, you actually, you know, actually talking to you that you guys are kind of like me. You just up and decide to go do a podcast one day with, with really no prior experience. So it's, it's really a credit to you guys that the show comes across uh, so well. What do, you, what do you guys attribute to, I guess I would call your immediate success. I mean, I don't know how we define success around here, but to me, listening to your show, you've, you've you produce something that's immediately successful, that's immediately sounds like a professional show. So what do you, what do you attribute that to? Uh, good editing. <laughs> oh, good editing. <laughs> uh, no, but Amen to that. I, actually, I, I have to give it up to uh, Heather and Kurt, both of them, and the other contributors to the show. They have a natural ability. They're very talented people, especially, you know, Heather. She's my girlfriend. But when I was talking to her, you know, she has this way about her, and she does this really... She's kind of pissing people off right now. She does this segment called The Woman's Place. And it's about not being, you know, it's not about anti-woman, but it's about being anti-feminist. And it's hilarious because she's pissing off a lot of the feminists. And she's just about being a good woman and not being, you know, better than men, but being equal but different to men. You know, because they're obviously, you know, we're obviously women and men are different. But she's ruffling some feathers in the YouTube world right now. And... You know, I have Kurt, who is a accomplished audio engineer who's been doing this for about 25 years. He's worked with Prince and the Power Generation 
I liked the Prince back in 1984. I haven't heard anything new from Prince, but he has a lot of experience under his belt as a sound engineer, producer. So he knows the intricacies of sound. And, you know, we have Billy, who's been an entertainer for about another 30 years. And, you know, he's just a, a grumpy anti-environmentalist who just attacks people who are trying to stop the free market from happening. So we have a lot of diversity in the show, and I think it's a great opportunity for us. You know, maybe you don't like what I have to say, but maybe you'll like this part of the show, which will keep listeners listening, you know, more or less. So it's like to diversify the show. And, you know, we're thinking about possibly having an economic segment in the show where, you know, economics for people who don't know economics and teach these people through a fun medium. And I think it's hilarious because we swear, we drink, we have fun, we call people uh, names, and we, we, <laughs> we have a great time doing it, man. We have a great time. Yeah, I mean, to this day, my, the favorite shows I do are, I know you're familiar with our Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor segment, because that's when I just kind of forget my whole plan, if I ever had a plan in the first place, and, and kick back, mm-hmm. and we just have a good old time. And that's kind of what, I mean, it's interesting, because we get a lot of the feedback that on people that, that like those shows kind of the most, which is amazing to me, because I have the guests that have huge names in the Libertarian movement, and those shows do well also. But you know, I think when you can actually let a lot of yourself out there a lot more, which is what we kind of do in that situation, we're kind of kicked back, we're laid right. back, we almost forget we're doing a show we're just kind of buddies shooting the shit and having a good conversation and that stuff that's kind of the, kind of the same vibe i get from you guys at, at the launch pad yeah well it's funny that you mentioned that man because like, <laughs> banter is awesome banter is fun you know we could sit around and be like okay this is what it should be this is how it is and this is what it should be and blah 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 but we really like the banter the banter is the best part of the show because we could let loose and just have a normal conversation and it would be like equivalent of eavesdropping on a conversation at a bar. I like that mentality of the show where it's like, hey, we're just like a bunch of normal people sitting around a bar and bitching about things that we don't like and how the things should be and how things should be. This is fun. What a great opportunity. And people listen to this. And this is what, you know, I think it's great because I like listening to people talk and bitch about how much they hate things. But we can all express ourselves. We can swear because we're not FCC regulated. And we just have a great time. And it's fun. Like, we look forward to doing these shows. I mean, it's just so much magic that sometimes happens, too, on the fly. You know what I mean, Mark? Absolutely, man. I'm, I know you're up in the Northwest up there in Seattle. And speaking of conversations at the bar, I'm sure you get into a lot of conversations at the bar outside of the launch pad. So uh, outside of the relative safety of the launch pad, I might say. So I know there's a lot of people up in Seattle. There's a lot of good things going on up there. There's, uh, you know, Legal Week coming there in Washington. Sure. So there's there's definitely things to be positive about from the libertarian point of view up there, but I'm sure you run into a lot of resistance, a lot of things that seem a little crazy to you, like this minimum wage thing. So what what are the biggest kind of um, issues you butt heads on, I guess, with people up there? Well, I think minimum wage is one of them. It's just a barrier into the market, and especially a barrier to the people who are low skilled. And this is what you know we're trying to explain to people that look, the minimum wage thing is an artificial barrier into any market. So if you listen to like Thomas Sowell or Walter E. Williams, those guys will say that it was a racist thing to keep, you know, a lot of people from entering the workforce. What we're trying to do is educate people and saying, hey, look, this is ridiculous. People should have the freedom and liberty to negotiate their wages, do what they want to do. And I would rather get paid $8 an hour than $0 an hour. And I think this is what a lot of people are missing the big point that you as an individual have the right to negotiate your own wage. And if you don't like the wage that you are getting paid, you can A, ask for more money or B, find work elsewhere. 
and that is true liberty. I always try to look in sort of uh, the truth behind what people call for when I even when I disagree with them. So do you think there's even a smidgen of truth to even if we disagree with the solution to the call for the minimum wage to the the sort of cry out there that we can't get by in this economy because look our economy is is highly regulated it's tightly controlled it's essentially a crony capitalist economy and what that does is really put a lot of people in a situation where they can't really make their ends meet for themselves so i mean i agree with you that the actual solution in reality is only going to hurt people only going to put up a barrier of entry and that kind of thing but do you think there is any legitimacy to i guess why people call for these things in the first place even though we might think they're misguided in what they're calling for well i think it's an emotional response. I don't think it's an actual logic response. You know, there's no logic behind their argument. You know, everyone would be cool with, hey, free stuff for everyone. Everyone likes that idea. And it's, it, it, it kind of is based on an emotional thing where, you know, they don't understand economics. You know, with a minimum wage law or any kind of minimum wage law, what they fail to understand is that everything else in that local economy will go up in price accordingly to whatever the minimum wage is set because then everyone else has to pay their employees X amount of dollars more to function as a business. So our prices will go up and so it's kind of like a dog chasing its tail. I guess there could be some validity in the sense that we have crony capitalism. If we actually had a true free market, we would have less regulations, less bureaucracies interfering with any businesses and therefore the businesses could make better decisions on how they want to run their businesses. So, for example, you have a business that has to spend $50,000 for a, some sort of filter on their work environment, you know, just for the safety of the, of the business. Well, that's causing him to pay extra money, which will not go to the employee themselves. So you have things along those lines, a lot of the regulations, which has caused stifling in the actual payout to the employees and to their own profits, conversely. See, when you actually do what you're doing and explain it in a logical way, I think that's great. And that's the kind of stuff you guys always do on the show. What irks me sometimes is when you get kind of the right-wing Republican types sort of uh, arguing against minimum wage, but all they really ever say is, you know, ah, free market, go get a job. And they just kind of sound like heartless assholes because a lot of them are. And they, right. they, they never really get to the part, well, yeah, there is a reason that people are aching out there. There is a reason the economy is hurting so many people. So when we can actually explain, look, this is why the minimum wage is actually going to make those situations worse. Well, okay, great. Then we can have a conversation. But it's how I look at Obamacare. You know, I'm totally against it. I've got screwed over by it big time. I mean, I my insurance more than doubled. My premiums more than doubled. And my deductible is more than doubled. So and, and I didn't want this insurance in the first place. I'm a freelancer. I purchased my own insurance. So. I didn't need any more than a sort of catastrophic insurance. Suddenly, I got to pay for prenatal care for myself. So, exactly. I mean, it's out of control. Hope you use that, Mark. <laughs> I, I, if I got to have it, I may as well use it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll figure out a way how, but. Exactly. Well, like, I guess, like, there's a lot of things, man. You're spot on. You're right. There are a lot of things that are really are affecting the economy, but usually all of it's government mandated things that cost more for the employer to pay out. So, for example, you know, and there's things like zoning laws and, you know, and of course, Obamacare and Social Security and, you know, we have taxation that's ridiculous and we can go on. There's a lot of factors that are, you know, causing all this uproar, but it's not the minimum wage. Again, I think every individual should have the freedom to negotiate their own wage. And that is a liberty that I think that people would rather have all these so-called rights given to them. Like we have the right to drive. We have the right to do all these things X, Y, and Z. 
but there's no validity to it. The only thing we have the right to do is to make money ourselves and to live the life that we want to live and make those decisions for ourselves. Let's get into a little of the the, uh, the sort of liberty nitty gritty here for a second, because you mentioned at the top of the show that you're feeling a little more anarchist nowadays, but you still consider yourself a minarchist. So I kind of have a whole different take on the whole thing. and Maybe we can talk about that in a second. But from your point of view, why do you call yourself minarchist? Well, I, I mean, the, the thing is, is I really do understand why anarchists feel the way they do. And I agree with them. There's always a free market solution to any kind of problem that we have in society. And I think that there's some validity to that. However, I do believe that there is a need for some sort of government to separate us as people from a business running amok or some sort of malevolent behaviors in the free market. So a small government, what I mean by that is just a government that was created to protect our life, liberty, and property. And I think that was the intent of the Constitution. The Constitution in its creation was a libertarian document, especially the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. And if we actually adhere to the fundamental principles of what the Constitution was about, we'd be a a much productive economically and liberty-based society than what we are now. And we've just let government run amok. So being a minarchist, I just believe that, you know, yeah, we should have police, we should have courts, and we should have the military. And that is really the only real functions of the government. And so I don't want to give up all of those because with anarchy comes a vacuum. I'd rather have an enemy that I know than an enemy that I don't know. You know what I mean? And so I'd rather be, you know, constitutionally limited in regards to what the government can do. And that's what I think is great about the U.S. Constitution and what we stand for. Yeah, see, to me, the sort of the minarchism versus anarchism conversation, in a way, misses the point. To me, it's it's really about individual rights, first and foremost. So now, look, if a government is properly formed, as you're saying, based on private property, let's say, if just to keep it in a, as a simple example, if 50 people live next to each other, they all have adjoining private property, they all come together and they can say, hey, we want to have a common system of law. We want to come together to fund our property. Absolutely. Some people would say that, well, if you're talking about a voluntary government, well, that is anarchism. But to, I don't like that word anarchism myself because it sort of does explicitly imply no government. And I'm also okay with no government in the sense that I think people should have the right to live outside of governments on property that they have, you know, rightfully acquired if if they so choose. And Mark, and I agree with you. If people want to have a, a sovereign kind of area or land or community, by all means, they should have the freedom and liberty to do such if they don't agree to the rules set by our government. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And what I think is funny is there could be socialist societies within a libertarian utopia, but there can't be libertarian utopia within a socialist society. Yeah, not if it's enforced at gunpoint anyway. Exactly. You could have voluntary socialists that are, you know, singing Kumbaya and on their own property and and tossing their money in a pot and then mixing it around and tossing it back to each other. And good for them. But as long as you're not forcing anybody into that system. All right. Absolutely. And so it is kind of a voluntary thing. I'm all for that. Same with like the economy, you know, like people are like, they hate McDonald's. Oh, I hate McDonald's and I hate Burger King and I hate Wendy's and I hate all these big chains and all these big corporations. Well, if you don't like those corporations, then don't buy from them. But obviously most people do, you know, there's a reason why people buy their products because it's good, you know? So, you know, it's all voluntary. And I think, you know, you can't put a gun to someone's head and say, you have to do this because I said so. That's one thing. That's what the government does. 
with any kind of business or corporation. You don't have to go to Target. You may have to drive 100 miles down the road to go to mom and pop place or whatever, if, whatever business you want to buy from. But that's your choice. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And I think that's what we need to start thinking about is the free choice. And this is what our country was founded upon is, you know, our negative liberties. Right. And so many people, I think that's, that's where the problems start. When we just say the word rights, so many people, you know, libertarians might agree on what rights are for the most part anyway. But when you say rights to somebody else, we're almost talking a different language because you say rights to my, my progressive next door neighbor and they mean, oh yeah, you mean the right for me to get healthcare provided to me. You mean the right for me to make X dollars per hour, so on right. and so forth. And, and the, the list of positive rights can never end because there's no real philosophical reason around why they should exist other than I want this stuff. You guys got to give it to me. End of story. Absolutely, dude. And like the thing is, we have to be careful with positive rights because positive rights actually infringe on other people's rights. It's through legal plunder and through like, you know, government programs. They're stealing money from person A to give the person B because person B has a positive right to such and such a program. Well, that's not liberty. Stealing from somebody through government cohesion is not liberty. And this is where we have to change our mentality. It sounds nice on paper and it sounds all nice and we're all working together as a community, but there's this thing called charity. And I'll give you an example, man. And here in Washington state, which is uh, really rare to see it, but goodwill here in Washington state. Now, I don't know all the details regarding goodwill and their principles and, and their business ethics. However, goodwill here in Tacoma is a completely private run organization that takes veterans and people who are homeless and all these other things and trains them to get job skills and they pay it through charity and corporate donations, which I think is wonderful. And they're actually doing things with the community and it's not a government sponsored program or any of these things. So I, I support businesses like that. I support entities that, you know, use the free market that are all voluntary and they don't steal from anyone to help people out. And again, I think more people would be more charitable if they weren't burdened by taxes and all these other bullshit regulations. The argument I always get, which just drives me nuts to no end, is when people will say, well, yeah, that's a nice little fantasy where people give to charity, yada, yada, yada. And in the real world, if you let everybody keep their money, they're just not going to give enough. They're not going to really go out and help people enough, as enough as, as, as they see fit that other people need to give. But, I mean, that's just kind of ignoring the fact that there's literally billions and billions and billions of dollars given to charity every year. And the fact that there's literally almost no evidence that what the government does with our money is remotely related to helping people, except in the, in the absolute most minuscule of sense. I mean, I don't go after welfare. I mean, I'm against it in principle, in theory. I'm against confiscating funds from one group of people and giving it to another. But welfare is not really a political target to me because it's so freaking minuscule compared to, say, all the money they spend on foreign wars and all the money they spend on arming up the police to enforce the war on drugs and all this other stuff that is just so much you know, incredibly more offensive to me. Absolutely, man. Just because you throw money at a problem doesn't mean the problem will be fixed. I'd rather have a private organization handle the money because they would allocate funds more efficiently than any government bureaucracy would. If you have a business, you're more likely to put your money into something that's more efficient than just saying, hey, I just threw $10 million into a program with the hopes that possibly it might turn out okay. Whereas the free market is much more efficient in, in how they use their money. 
just like profit. I mean, anything in the free market is more efficient than anything government could ever do. And so, again, the whole argument, I'm going to throw a billion dollars into a program. Well, it doesn't mean that you're going to have ultimate awesome results just because you put $10 million into a program. And this is what kind of another thing that confuses me to death that why people believe. I mean, look at all of our government agencies, like the DMV, for example. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a, a pinnacle of integrity right there. I mean, like nobody goes to the DMV and is excited about it. Let's go to the DMV. Um, no, it's a horrible organization. And, you know. Just because, you know, they try to have the little cards and, you know, tell us how we did. You think that's really going to affect whether or not they're going to do, they're going to give you better customer service? Absolutely not. Well, Johnny, I have this theory. It's this theory about dirty money. You know, that people always in, in law enforcement, you talk about drug money as being dirty money or maybe money from assassin is dirty money. But to me, the dirty money is the money that's been confiscated from people against their will. So it doesn't matter what you do with that money, but the, the results, I mean, we can make the economic efficiency argument, and I think there's absolute truth to that. We can see that in so many ways, but I think there's this, this is sort of an esoteric view I have, but when you've taken this money by force and you're putting it out there, it's not going to be efficient because it can't be because it's tainted. It's dirty, dirty money that was taken from people. So It is dirty money. It is dirty money. Even if you could somehow give me a study that showed it could be spent efficiently, I, w- I would try to oppose it just as if not, you know, more vociferously, because that just, uh, just it just irks me when uh, when the gun is is the first thing that we go to to solve any sort of problems we have. Absolutely, and, and you know, and this is what's been going on. And what my message is, especially on the launchpad, is I just try to come across with you listeners. Can you think of a solution that we would have that wouldn't involve government regulation? What if we had a free market solution to this problem? And I think that is important is if we constantly think, how can the free market handle this problem instead of having some government bureaucracy that is overpaid because of public sector unions, that they walk in there, they can regulate everything you do in your life. Why don't you make those decisions? Because it's in your best interest to be accommodating to the public. You want businesses to come to you. You want people to come to your store. You know, if I'm pouring gallons of oil into a lake behind my restaurant, or grease trap bullshit in in a lake behind my restaurant, people are going to hear about this and they're going to go, guess what? I am not going to go to that restaurant because I don't believe in their morality. And you would let the free market kind of handle that. People wouldn't go there. And therefore, if there was enough people who got the word out that your business has bad ethics, you would go under. You would go under from choice, from the people. Yeah, and if they're polluting and that's getting to other people's property, now you can sue their pants off too. And that can be an enforcement of property rights. Absolutely. So, I mean, people vote with their feet and they vote with their money. And if I like a business and I like what they're stand for and I like what they're doing and if they're not harming anyone, by all means, I'm going to get behind that business and say, hey, man, you guys are doing the right thing. I'm going to go and buy your Chick-fil-A. I don't know. I'll give you an example. I love Chick-fil-A. I, unabashedly, it's so damn good. And I don't I don't care what they think about marriage, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm for anybody forming a voluntary contract. But if they're not and want to say it, okay, fine. I'm still going to eat chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and like, that's the thing. There was a Chick-fil-A that opened here in Tacoma. And, and Tacoma's kind of blue here. Very, very progressive city. And it's hilarious because that place has been packed for the last month since it's opened. Completely packed. You can't even walk in. And it's hilarious because it goes against all the principles that they stand for. But people are over there buying Chick-fil-A. Why? Because it's awesome product. And, you know, they're not hurting the environment, not that I know of. And if they were hurting the environment, I'm sure people would 
jump in and say, hey, you know what? This is wrong and we're going to ban you and we're not going to come to your establishment. And that's the strength of the market. You know, you don't need the government to come in there and tell you, oh, you're really polluting the environment. That's ridiculous. No, people will find out. Trust me. People will know. People will spread the word. And then you got things like Yelp. Yelp is awesome. Yelp is a great tool to determine whether or not food is good, service is good. You know, they could put in environmental things. You know, this is an unsanitary establishment. Then people won't go there if there's enough Yelp use. These guys serve mouse poop. I mean, how long are you going to last? Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's in your best interest to put together the best product and best presentation of your business to the individual. So I, I am all for free markets, man. And I'm all for property rights. And I think you were talking about that earlier. Oh, yeah. To me, property rights are the natural extension of individual rights. And every legal thought we come to has to be based on that. Absolutely. And like the big argument is, you know, we've had this, you know, there's a thing between morality, you know, and there's morality. We all know you're a good person. I know that you're a good person. You're not out to hurt anyone. You're not out to segregate anyone. You're not a bigot. You're an open-minded individual. And I think the majority of Americans have become much more open-minded due to the fact of education and knowing that, you know, just because you're Asian doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. And just because you're black does not necessarily mean you're a criminal or just because I'm white doesn't mean I own a business. There's all these stereotypes, but I think education has given us the opportunity to get past those traditional stereotypes. And for example, if a business does not want to play a certain type of music, does not want to serve a certain individual, they should have the right to do that. They should have the right to run their establishment just like they would run their home. And when you take away those freedoms from that individual, it could do a numerous amount of things to them. First of all, it could decrease the value of their business or organization because they don't know if their business will exist in a year or two from now. So I think it's all personal choice. And I think this is the thing that we need to be as a libertarian and as a free thinking individual, we need to give the rights back to the people's property and their businesses and move away from this kind of archaic idea that everyone is racist. I don't think people are racist. There is racism, but I don't think it's rampant is what people are saying it is. That's my take on that, Mark. Sure. I mean, I think we've all encountered elements of racism in our life. It's certainly something that's existed in history, but it seems like it's so hyped up in the media. And I'm sure, look, if I'm a black kid from a bad area and I've been harassed by the police a thousand times for no reason, I'm going to see racism a lot more clearly than you know somebody else. So a lot of this is a matter of perspective. But in terms of overall society, it's so hyped up by the media. Whereas in your day to day life, I interact out here in Los Angeles with people of every single race that races I don't even know what they are right. and everything everything seems just fine so it does seem to be overhyped yeah and seriously I don't not make conscious decisions I mean if I see a white guy walking down the street with saggy pants and you know with tattoos on his face guess what I don't care if you're white black Asian Indian it doesn't matter I'm going to be prejudiced it's human nature there's nothing wrong with prejudice it's acting on that prejudice that gets us in trouble with people I think it doesn't matter what his race is. We all know that that guy could possibly be a criminal. Maybe. We're not sure. I'm not going to say he's a criminal. He looks like a criminal, maybe. But it doesn't mean that I am going to call the cops because somebody is in my neighborhood that doesn't fit my uh, perfect mold of what a person should be like. I, that's wrong. That's, that's incorrect. I'm going to judge that individual on what he does, his merits. What has he contributed to society? That's important. That's what we should be celebrating is the individual, not the race, not the sex, 
not any of these things. What have they done for society and why have they made society better? That's what we should be thinking about. Well, Johnny, you guys are doing your part to make society better in your own way with the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. So before I let you go, why don't you just do a little roundup of all the ways everybody out there can find your show and keep track of what you guys are doing. Sure, man. You can find us at the JohnnyRocketLaunchpad.com, and that's our main hub for all of our Launchpad episodes. We go back about a year and a half, and there's about 30 episodes on there. You can also check us out on iTunes to search JohnnyRocketLaunchpad.com, or to search Johnny Rocket Launchpad in iTunes. And you can also find us at jrlp.podbean.com for a lot of our episodes and things along those lines. And you can also check us out at wonderful radio stations. Mark, we share libertytalk.fm. We're both on Saturday and Sundays. I think you're on what? Are you on right after us? We're on at 6 Eastern. Yes, I'm right after Lines of Liberty. Awesome. Yes, yes. Is it a two-hour block then on, on Liberty Talk for you guys? I have a two-hour block. Yes, sir. Awesome. And I got an hour, so three hours of fun every every Saturday and Sunday, guys. Yeah, yeah. And Mark, I love your show, man. And the Lines of Liberty were here locally here in Washington State at nwczradio.com. And that would be Fridays from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And also on Saturdays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we're like on Liberty Radio Network.fm and we're all over the Liberty Networks. But uh, Mark, I, I just wanted to say thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show, my friend. Johnny Adams, thanks so much. Keep up the great work. And uh, I'll, I'll be talking to you in a couple weeks on your show as well. So check out Absolutely. Mark on, the, on the Johnny Rocket Launchpad pretty soon, guys. It's going to be fun, man. We're going to have a good time. We'll have fun with the rocket fire. Looking forward to it. I'll talk to you soon. Rock and roll. Thank you very much, sir. Take care, Johnny. Bye-bye. Believe me, guys, I know nobody likes dealing with health insurance companies. It's bad enough that you're sick, but now, thanks to the ACA, you're forced to pay for all sorts of coverage you don't even want or need, and the odds are you are indeed paying for it. I was frustrated, too, until I did some research and found out about health sharing, where like-minded, health-conscious individuals get together to cover each other's medical costs. And now the fine folks at Health Excellence Select have taken it to another level with a complete healthcare service, combining health sharing with personal care assistance to help you find the doctors that you need at the best price, 24-7 phone access to physicians, along with discounts on dental and vision. And if that wasn't enough, they even have a website that works, if you can believe that. Guys, if you are struggling with a solution to your health care needs, look no further than Health Excellence Select. For more information, head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health. Guys, if you're anything like me and like to wear your political beliefs on your sleeve, Liberty Maniacs is there to help you literally do just that. Liberty Maniacs is an independent brand that designs and sells some of the world's favorite political and satirical apparel and merchandise. From funny political t-shirts to libertarian-minded posters, art prints, humorous mugs, and thousands of other products sold by some of the most trusted retailers, Liberty Maniacs has become a top source for liberty lovers of every stripe all across the globe and a thorn in the side of everyone from the NSA to top politicians. And now, Lions of Liberty listeners can get 10% off your entire order by entering the referral code Lions of Liberty. That's all one word at checkout. Again, that's referral code Lions of Liberty for a 10% discount. Head to LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. 
Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed my talk today with Johnny Adams, and I'm not just blowing smoke when I tell you, you gotta listen to the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. This show is on my regular rotation now. It's a highly entertaining time, folks, so if you're into liberty, if you're into music, if you're into just having a good old time, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is a place you gotta be stopping by each and every week. And we did a good amount of ranting there, I think, each of us during the show today. So I'm going to spare you the wrap-up rant this week. But, you know, I just want to, I like to highlight other people that are doing great work out there in the liberty movement. And there are so many great voices now emerging out there with entertaining ways and interesting ways to get these messages out to the masses. And, and it's important because I think one of the most important things we can do is to make liberty go mainstream. Now, that doesn't mean selling out. That doesn't mean altering your principles just to fit in. But it does mean, you know, finding interesting ways to utilize the technology we have, the ability we have to communicate with the world and finding ways to get that message out. And guys like Johnny Adams at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad are doing exactly that each and every week. Now, this week is kind of a theme week here at Lions of Liberty. Today, we talked to Johnny Adams, and I want to highlight another great guy who's doing a lot for libertarianism. He's doing a lot to spread the message, and he also has his own podcast, his daily podcast, and this is another one that I've been listening to lately, and that is Jason Stapleton, the host of the Jason Stapleton program. So he will be my guest on the show this coming Thursday. And in the meantime, if you're not already, I invite you to head over to lionsofliberty.com where we have new and fresh content every single day. Of course, you can find our podcast here every Monday and Thursday along with many of our regular features such as Rand Paul Lusses and Minuses, Felony Friday, and all sorts of other articles we have. We are constantly churning out new content for you and finding ways to examine current events through the lens of liberty, so to speak. You can, of course, connect with us in so many ways. Find us on social media at Facebook, facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty. You can also join our private group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. Look that up on Facebook. We'll, of course, link to all this stuff in the show notes, lionsofliberty.com slash 114. You can also find us on the Twitter over at Lions of Liberty on Twitter. You can find us on Google+, subscribe to us on YouTube. There are just so many ways to find this show. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, you can hear us on the weekends at libertytalk.fm at 6 p.m. Eastern every single Saturday and Sunday. You can also hear us throughout the week at lrn.fm, the Liberty Radio Network. Folks, there is just no excuse not to be listening to this show. Well, unless you hate it. But if that's the case, why are you still listening to me now? Huh? Ask yourself that. Folks, I look forward to speaking with Jason Sableton this coming Thursday. Until then, live long and live free.